Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about the importance of positive relationships in the workplace. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we're so happy you have joined us today. Kirsten and I are here because we care so deeply about women. We want women and actually, frankly, all people to experience ease, meaning, and joy in their workplace. We want you to get lots of ease, meaning, and joy in your work. That is what we want. How about you? Are you feeling (laughs) joyful today? I feel joyfully cold. The crispness of the winter is upon us. Yeah, it is chilly. In the barn. In the barn. So Kirsten is back from her road trip. We are back in the barn. You have to, I have to describe this. Although people have seen photos of this if you're checking out photos of us on our website or on social media. But we're in the barn surrounded by shit. Just not literally, but crap. Uh, like just crap. Stuff. You know, stuff. people stuff. People stuff in the barn. Doors flung wide open. We got the ping pong table out. Microphones are up on the ping pong table. All of this is so we can be COVID safe for sure. But part of that is, this is an unheated space. It is an unheated space. I have my soccer coat on, which I think is rated to like negative 20. I have boots on. I have gloves. My nose is running, and I'm sorry if I sniffle. Yeah, and we're both in our puffy coats, too, which makes this noise. I don't know if you can hear it or not. So I'm like trying desperately not to move because my clothing is going to like disrupt the sound. Because we don't want to irritate you guys like with our yeah, right? We're irritating enough without right. that. Exactly. We got to keep our sound <laughs> crisp and good. So here we are back again and talking about something that I am really excited to talk about. This whole notion of relationships in the workplace, which kind of harkens back to a, a I think our first episode about friends at work, but it's something that's really been top of mind for me. I'm going to say probably for the last couple of months in the pandemic. And that's because I'm seeing a lot of my clients, frankly, disconnection. Yeah. Experiencing issues with their staff that I believe are, you know, in some level, the, a function of the fact that people can't relate to one another anymore. They're not connecting. They're not connecting. They're working. Obviously, we're isolated. We're all. We're, a lot of us are working from home. But even people who are working physically together, there's no break room. No. There's no lunch room. Yeah. Right. People aren't hanging out by the coffee machine if it's even open. Right. Yeah. Even things like I'm noticing. Even if you have like a social distancing get together or something. You're 10 feet away from people and you can't have the little side conversation about like, how's it really going today? You know, I'm just, I noticed da, da, da. it's just like all so weird and, and bizarre. But before we launch into this conversation about connection in the workplace, Karina and I had this amazing experience this week. Yeah. We went to TED Women 2020 theme fearless. And it was crazy. Now, attend is in air quotes because it was all virtual, right? But it was, it is interesting. I didn't even realize that TED, like the big, not a, this is not a TEDx. This was like actual sanctioned TED event that's all focused on women. And it's been happening for years. Every year, apparently in December, it happens in Palm Springs. It's already on our calendar for 2021, I will say. But yeah, it was an interesting thing to, do the entire thing by Zoom. Yeah, and but also to just like so desperately, like you said, want to go. It was our people, and the subjects were so amazing. And the fact that we had to apply, I mean, 
I haven't applied for something in ages. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, weird. I had to... I think they, you know, my belief about that is they just want people to be deliberate in their attendance, right? To really think through why it is you want to go, what you have to... Anyway, it was a great event. It was different than I expected, for sure. But shockingly... I mean, and we had already planned this episode before we went to the TED thing, but there were some interesting opportunities for connection. Yeah, which is, it is interesting that that was part of that experience in advance of this show. I'm somebody who like usually shies away from conferences. I used to actually think that they were a giant waste of time because I just get so nervous and I don't want to talk to anybody. Which and it just cracks me up that that's your feeling. That's so unexpected, by the way. Really? And I, yeah, which is great because one, I love it when you surprise me. And two, I think, it's in all of us. And so it just confirms for me that that reluctance, that hesitancy is in most of us. Those things make me nervous. And then they're mostly strangers. And, you know, oh, my God. So anyway, to go to this thing, they created opportunities for connection for from people around the world. One of the things that I think I was really ex- nervous about and I had to force myself to do, I literally paced around my office for about five minutes before I hit join, was these kind of speed dates, but it wasn't date, speed conversations, where they randomly put you in a one-on-one Zoom call with a stranger. And you just have to make conversation. I almost threw up. You're so funny. Uh, that but, cracks me up, Karina. But I know. I, but I so did. So, what it. was it like? Because I did. I was on a phone call with a client, so I did not get onto those. It was fabulous. I ended up doing four. Nice. Each, all four of those people, I I made another connection with, and ended up emailing with them, kind of during the conference, and. They felt the same way I did. It was just like, uh, this is weird, but let's just talk for a couple of minutes. So it was superficial on some level, but it also put me at ease for the rest of the day. It was. I had a very similar situation where I was in a small group with a number of women, and I noticed I was looking at the bio, at the bio of one of the women. I was like, oh, that's really cool. She'd written this book, a green living with a green heart. So I reached out and I just texted her and I said, hey, I'm just, your book looks really interesting. I'm really glad you're here. And this started this exchange back and forth with us. So even though this was this exchange short, not deep, she's not going to be my friend. It really changed my experience of the event. And there were three or four of those that I could talk about, but they're all the same thing. Those little just bits of some goodness really changed the experience. And then in doing research for the show, it really is interesting how our experience at TED Women is precisely what we want to talk about today. And that is when you are able to make that connection, even if it's for a short period of time, even if it's with someone who you may not have a relationship with for the rest of your life. Or even a deep relationship or just a, you know, yes. It can actually change your physiology. It can change your day. It can change the way that you see the work, whatever the work is of the of the moment. And it can kind of help you engage in a different way. So do you want to talk a little bit about sort of the what we've learned about the sort of the benefits of these kind of positive relationships? Okay, first of all, let's back up for a second. What do we mean when we say connection? Yeah, relationship. Yeah, relationship. What do we mean when we say a positive connection, positive relationship? I think what we mean is, and this may sound a little woo wooey, but we are exchanging some kind of energy with another human who's also aware of the exchange, right? right? And that in some way there is a positive experience to it, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, you can, fights are connection. 
That's not what we're talking about. Right, right. And your and friendships are connected, but it's a much deeper. We're kind of talking about just the relate. Just the relation. Just exactly. The relate of the relationship. So we know that when you have these interactions, really everything about you is improved. Your mental health is improved. Your own health is improved. You tend to behave in more healthy ways. Your mortality risk is is decreased. Which is crazy. It, it, isn't it, that crazy? It reduces your mortality. Mm-hmm. You're less likely to die. Less likely to die if you relate so to another human being every once in a while. You mean like if I am have this great interaction with the lady who's in the coffee shop, you know, making my coffee as I drive through, that enhances my life? Because I think it does. Yeah, that science tells us it does. Science tells us it does. I believe in science. Um, okay. We do believe in science. <laughs> I have to also call out, now there's an airplane. You know, we used to pause for all this background noise. But, but now we think, listeners, that you should be a part of this really just real here. experience. You're just in it. You're in it with us. Because the world's going on around us, and it's wonderful and exciting and vibrant and interesting. And we're not in a sound studio. No, we're not in a sound studio. And at least you're not hearing my dog this time. Remember when Roxy Bar- yes. made a... She made a cameo during our Cheryl Strait episode. Yes, Roxy anyway. is famous. Okay, so back to the whole benefits. So you're saying physically... I am mentally, emotionally, and we get those benefits by relate by exchanging energy with another human being in a positive way. Got it. By the way, footnote, we will put the studies that support these things that we say in our show notes, as always, because we are scientifically backed up. No, we just make this shit up. (laughs) We just make it up. No. So, okay, here's the other thing, though. And I think this is what you're talking about, like, the positive interaction or the positive exchange of energy. These kinds of relationships that we're talking about that are real great for you, they're characterized by cooperation and trust and fairness. And I think that's kind of interesting. Like to me, that's like, well, what is positive? What is a positive exchange? And it's when you trust someone. When you have some level of like fairness, when there's cooperation, and when you, I ha- would also add confidence to that, and maybe that's just part of trust. But I would add that there's in that relationship, in that interaction, there's some confidence in the safety of it, the goodness of it, the opportunity of it. Yeah, and so, which I know is okay. I have two thoughts going. I can't decide which one. Is, I'm just going to blurt one out. So when you have all of those things. <laughs> Just go for it. You're able to sort of get the best out of yourself and your coworkers. So not only are you seeing positive psychological and physical benefits, and you may not drop dead in the moment, which, you know, studies say positive. That's a good thing. You're also going to sort of see your work and the kind of work and the way you do your work change for the better. And in fact, I think that what we saw in our research was it's that kind of level of trust and also the internal personal confidence that comes with these kinds of interactions that help really build the benefits to the workplace. So we know it's good for you as a human. It's and there's also- that oxytocin. Let's just go back to oxytocin. I mean, when you have those kinds of interactions, your body releases oxytocin. And when your body releases oxytocin, just everything about you is so good. Your immune system is better. The way your brain works is better. I mean, it's just a wonderful, fabulous hormone for you. Right. And it leads to all these great things for you in your workplace. And I think back to that original sort of my reason for wanting to do this show in particular is We have to actually force that in a lot of ways. And we're seeing the repercussions of not having the casual relationships and casual interactions at work. So let's talk about when you do have this. 
You got a whole bunch of people like roaming around, feeling good about themselves, trusting one another, feeling confident. Their oxytocin levels are high. It makes everything in the workplace better. And we have touched on this a little bit, but I think it's really important to not only revisit that, but just really go a little deeper in that. But everything about the workplace, productivity, innovation, people's loyalty and commitment, turnover rates are lower. So many positive things come when people are in that groove, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just a benefit to the individuals, it's a benefit to the workplace. I have a coworker and we have similar faith. And we tend to very irregularly like connect around that. And it's really happen chance almost. And it's interesting because when I have a problem that I'm trying to solve in the area that she works in, I am very apt to go to her first. Interesting. Because I've had these connections with her and I'm like, oh, she'll help me solve my problem. And so I do think that's a great example of how having a positive connection helps get the work done. And I will say, I mean, I care for her deeply. I've got a great relationship with her. I feel like I know her. Am I a friend with her outside of work? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But it's she's a really important relationship, and she really helps me get my work done. Yeah, she's a touchstone, somebody who is a little bit grounding, somebody who you can relate to. Yeah, and we saw that in some of the studies that we were reading, right? So organizations with higher levels of employee engagement report that their business co- – like so, so people, when their employees relate to one another and have good positive relationships – i.e. relate to one another. You like how we like to restate things all the time? Um, They have lower business costs, improved performance outcomes, lower staff turnover, less absenteeism, and fewer safety incidents. Mm -hmm. All the goodness, all the good stuff. All the goodness um, and and none of the bad. You know, it's so interesting. I had a situation happen this week with a client who was telling me a story. They had a new employee who came into the organization in a supervisory role. And this really is an issue when there's quick growth in a company or fast growth. Sometimes those processes get left behind. But this, if you can believe this, the supervisor had not met all of the people on her team. And she had not met the people that she was, you know, not supervising, but working with. And there was a big, huge problem on like her third day of work. And the way she went about solving the problem was to run around and tell everybody what to do. And she didn't introduce herself. She didn't tell anybody who she was, what her role, what her role was. And it is fascinating to me to watch the fallout of that, which is this huge example of what happens when you don't take the moment to make the connection to exchange the positive energy. Hey, I'm Kirsten. I'm brand new. I'm really sorry to do this to you. I have this enormous problem. I'm wondering if you can help me with it. Here it is. Does this work for you? I mean, it's like 10 seconds. Right. And she didn't do this. No, she did not do this. And what's the repercussion? Oh, it's just a mess, of course. It's just a, you know, it's a mess. But I bring that story out because it's so kind of like, wow, that's really something. But also just to show the 10 seconds that you say when you call somebody, hey, I'm calling, I'm just checking in. Is this a good time for you? What are you up to? Those kinds of things create these positive connections. 
Yeah, the, and then it makes the work so much easier. It, it's interesting what you just said. I mean, this is like kind of the cautionary tale, another cautionary tale. That supervisor, not only did she impact how the work was or wasn't going to get it, done. And it didn't get done. The project, the big emergency, didn't get done. Didn't get solved. What she's also done is something I've seen time and time again, which is if you don't create opportunities for relationships, people seek it out. They're going to seek out relationships. They're, they're going to seek out that connection. And and you, and you sometimes... And they got that connection by trash talking. Yeah, her. I was going to say, sometimes <laughs> people form connections because they have a mutual dislike or distaste about for We'll go back else. to horrible bosses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you have a shitty boss, a lot of people... People, if you are not tending to these relationships, it could make- your coworkers' connection could be your shitty boss. Exactly, your coworkers' Which is connection. Which not the connection we want. No, they're we all connecting because they don't like you. They're talking smack about you, and and I've seen that too. You know, I had a um, I started facilitating a um, conversation. So one of my clients, I'm working with a subgroup of their organization. And it's people I've never met before. And we all know why we're there. And we're there to get work done. And I'm facilitating the meeting. It was one hour. And I, I just, before we got started, it's so funny to, literally, these people, I do not know them. And I said, so I'm just curious before we get started, how's everybody doing? Can we just take a minute and can you just tell me how you're doing? And nobody said anything. It was quiet for just a minute. But I forced it. And of course you did. I, know. I love that about you. <laughs> and ten and ten minutes later, I was like, "Okay, that's great. Well, I can't wait to hear about how so and so da 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 and how that worked out and how this." And I love these people now. Mm-hmm. And you energized your meeting. People yeah. are now positive. Yeah, they're engaged yeah. and they're ready to go. And I think they're going to start answering my emails now. Yay! Which yippee, they yippee. were not before. That's great. And so again, it's that thing where it's like just a couple of minutes. And it's gonna change how they feel about me, how they feel about the work, and how the work and this gets is done. For everybody. I mean, obviously, we want leaders to be this way, but as we know, we're all positional leaders. Wherever we are, we're all leaders. So we want everybody to be this way. I had a, when I was a new lawyer, I clerked for a judge in Washington, D.C., and my coworker, Stuart, who I just, love. He was the other law clerk. And he was from, and this is not going to mean very much to people who aren't lawyers, but he was from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and actually was a finalist for a United States Supreme Court position. I mean, he is brilliant. So he came because he wanted to stay in D.C. He came to work with my judge. So he was kind of like a rock star. He was like, I don't know, what can I do? Like somebody who like Russell Wilson goes to play for the high school team, right? You know what I mean? We're just yeah. way lower than he ever yeah. was. Yeah. Hope everybody knows who Russell Wilson is. It, th- not everybody. everybody. Not and listens. if you don't, you should. Check out Seattle um, Seahawks. Okay. Okay. Anyway, he was really brilliant and had all this great experience at the fifth at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And we had this amazing friendship. And because I had this big connection with him and this friendship with him, he was so helpful in like helping me get my opinions drafted for the judge. And I could go to him and say, I don't get this, or how does this work, or what do they mean by this? Having this interaction with him really I wrote way better opinions for the judge than I ever would have if I did not have those connections. And he turned into be a really good friend. But it wasn't that way at first. And you think that the relationship was not because he was sort of checking your work. It was oh, because no. you had some good energy and positive in- And juice. he was not a work checker. I mean, he would never, he's not that kind of person. 
but you were inspired and you felt like you had oh, the trust. I was like, he, and you well, had I was like, he knows what he's, I'm going to talk to him about it. Plus I had these, he was just always had this great smile and was like, how are you doing? So even though I did not know him, he was very different from me in every way you can imagine. Because we had those positive interactions, I asked the first question and he was generous and wonderful and collaborative. And so those sometimes those things really prime the pump for bigger things. Yeah, that is lovely. I love that story. Love Stuart. Love Stuart. Thank you. Fifth Court of Appeals, which is hard to say without Fifth Circuit Court of Fifth Appeals. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. <laughs> I don't do my vocal exercises. Okay, here is a study I just want to say. Employees who engage in positive social interactions tend to exhibit more altruistic behaviors. This is the other one, too, right? By providing coworkers with help, guidance, advice, feedback on various work-related. That's, that's exactly what you're saying, right? So your experience for Stuart is backed by science. Thank you, science. The other thing that I thought was interesting, though, is that employees in both low and high status positions reported higher levels of motivation when interpersonal relationships with coworkers were good. So again, it doesn't matter where you are in the agency. It doesn't matter what your kind of work is. If you are able to have just a little bit of a hit of a human connection, you're golden. Need I say more? Do we need to, is there anything else? We'll wrap it up right now. (laughs) We're done. Do we need to state it again? It's interesting though, because all of this stuff built, like you said, builds trust, builds innovation, builds better work, builds better teams, keeps people turnover. Low. Low turnover. I read somewhere that especially in a higher level position, senior leadership, turnover costs a company 60% of that person's annual wage. Yeah, it's very, turnover is really expensive. Really expensive. And it's hard to really gather the full cost of it, but it's a really expensive thing. And when you start to see a lot of turnover, you have the converse of this. If it's so gosh darn important. Let's do the how-to. Yeah, I mean, if this is really like one of the, you know, it's so funny because we have so many episodes where we're like, this is it. This is the secret, except for the next episode. And this is too. But really, relationships, rituals. I'm trying to think of all the ones that we've said are like, this will help you nail your job every time. It's all To have the perfect cake, you need to have the baking soda, the flour, the sugar, and that's what we're saying. There's just this kind of recipe with these ingredients we can bring together to get more ease, meaning, and joy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes you come out with these things. weird things. No, I know it's, it's super not weird. random. It's so good. Like I just want to stop right I there. I always use cooking analogies. In fact, I tell no, my sports too. I do sports too, but cooking too. I tell my clients at work, yeah, I just make Mexican food. Tell me if you want beans and rice or chips or tortillas. And they look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll just mix it up however you want it, right? And they're just like, okay, Kirsten. All right, enough of food analogies. Let's get to the how-to of connection. Yes, but I also need to go back to your food analogy for just a second. We have I think to stay it was, on it. It was really good. I just Sometimes <laughs> you say stuff and I have and I let it sink in and I think that's great. Yes, absolutely. Relationships are one of the many ingredients to the beautiful cake that will bring us ease, meaning, and joy. Mm -hmm. That we want for our lives. That we want for our lives. Isn't it fascinating when you were talking about that? I can see in my eye a light yellow cake with beautiful pink frosting, maybe four layers, but a beautiful frosting job. Like, I can see it. Yeah, no high fructose corn syrup. No, ma'am. Um, okay. Yes, it is. I love it. And will you please, will someone please make me that cake? Will somebody please make it? Because that sounds good. So how do you do this? Well, one of them is to just like 
we've already talked about some of some of the how do you build relationships and one of them is just like start right like you just like have some conversations or communicate with one another it is really hard right now covid what am i going to do like stay on the zoom call for an extra five minutes well actually that is one of those things do you ever do like the private chat like stay on after the thing or can i yes yeah or i do the or i just do the private chat during the meeting yeah which is kind of I love the private chat. I do too. It's kind of a burn. I like, I I don't want, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about anyone, but yeah, sometimes I feel like, why am I private chatting? Yeah. Can you listen and and private chat at the same time? Yes. You can? Yes. Of course I can. Yeah. You can triple, you can quadruple task. I can probably listen, private chat and email a client at the same time. I'm joking. I can't. No, but I can can do a couple. Um, But it is funny, like, as you are trying to build these relationships, there are some kind of keys to to managing yourself and I guess how you approach these so that you can be more successful. And one of them is just sort of check your expectations. Like you said earlier, you're not finding your new best friend. You You may, and that's great. And you should be hopeful for that. But that is not the goal here. And I think one of the things that I have been doing in COVID is calling people. Like if I haven't talked to somebody in a while and I know that I could email them with the same thing, I will instead call and say, hey. So I really have found myself having to be way more aware of how I am connecting with people. And that's probably because the first couple of months of the COVID, you know, I want to say that I went weeks without talking to Debbie, who's the person I work most closely with in the office. She's yeah. a, she's our corporate paralegal. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. And so it's changed for me now where I, when I know I can email her, I will call her. Cause, and then we always have a conversation. Yeah. Which I just love. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you're taking a little bit of time for that. to get And the I ju- feel better. She feels better. So there's this deliberateness that I think is in COVID that we don't always have, right? And hopefully we won't always have to be this way, but I think right now we have to be super deliberate. Can I say two things about this whole phone call versus email? I love that you're calling. It's I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like for efficiency's sake, I'll just fire off an email and be fine. But it doesn't... Because you know I love efficiency. I know, but in the long run... (laughs) But in the long run, it doesn't... It kind of screws you. Mm -hmm. It backfires sometimes. Um, And I will say that people default to Zoom because they think that that's better than phone. And I have read now several, yeah, a lot of research says that we are actually far better as human beings. We're far better at judging people's emotions appropriately, engaging in the conversation, even understanding what is being said and uh, and understanding what's not being not said on the phone. As opposed to Zoom, because we don't know how to interpret the lack of information on Zoom. And so we misinterpret. I find Zoom super helpful if there's many, if there are many people and we need to share conversation. Yeah. I also find Zoom really fun if we're all listening to one person because I can see everybody else's reactions. But honestly, I've gotten rid of Zoom unless those, because I think I agree with you. The phone call is just this, there's an intimacy to that. Yeah, I find myself paying attention to totally different things when I'm on the phone. Like, I don't have to worry. Yeah, it's just weird. I'm not staring at the screen. I'm really just focused, hyper-focused on what people are saying. I will say, however, that one of my favorite relationships that I've cultivated over COVID has been almost exclusively via email. Oh, interesting. Almost exclusively. And I'm going to do a name drop. It's my friend Clint 
from Intellitonic. Oh, Intellitonic. We love Intellitonic. So Intellitonic is a company that helps us with our search engine optimization. They're local here in Bellingham. And Shout they're out. a social media company. They do a ton of stuff kind of promoting and advancing and helping people figure out how to use. They're basically their website, optimize their website, and we host our website with them. So every two weeks, I have this amazing interaction with my friend Clint. I know about his parents' health, recent health issues. We talk about home stuff. I've seen pictures of his yard. I've seen pictures of his dog. He actually told me about this project. I have to just say, he referenced a five-gallon bucket of marbles that he has in his garage that he's using for an art project. I mean, right, like five-gallon bucket of marbles? Are you kidding me? But anyway... What I love about this is sometimes I'm on the emails because of the website yeah. business and I see all this stuff between the two of you and I'm like, what is going on with those two? I I can see your I can see the like kind of the joyfulness and the fun and the connection. Yes. Yeah. And we just recently found out we have the same birthday. Yes. You and Clint. I know me and Clint. So you can you can cultivate these things on email for sure. Um, but it's fun. It's created this thing where I'm like, I love my emails with Clint and and you get to see. I get to see that. I get occasionally get included mm-hmm. on those. Which I think is kind of like this whole show genuine interest. That's one of the ways. I'm genuine. I wasn't you want to know about first. him. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know him, but it was like, how are you? And then he would offer these great stories. And then I felt compelled to offer them back. So showing genuine interest, I guess, is one of those. For those of you uh, writing down tips. Tips. That's a tip. Taking notes. The other thing, too, I think is I have found myself needing to give people the heads up on things so that I don't surprise folks. Like, I, like you know, like I'll be working on a project and I can see what's coming down the road and I am way more deliberate about giving people a heads up. Hey, we're going to have to get this thing done by the end of the month. Right. As opposed to waiting until the last minute when I'm going to work on it to get it done, because I know this is going to fit in week three for me. But I know everybody else, if I tell them in week one, maybe they're going to approach their work differently. So I, even though I'm not going to work on it for three weeks, I might tell them or I do tell them early. And I think that's another way that I have dealt with the COVID because the COVID, because I am not just like walking by somebody's office after a phone call saying, hey, heads up, we're doing a restructure for these people and it has to be done by the end of December. I would have done that before, just walking by and I'm not walking by anymore. So more deliberate sort of Mm -hmm. foreshadow, so not blindsiding your coworkers. I don't want to surprise them. I don't want to blindside them because then they will not trust me. So, you know, I just, I really do believe that there is this deliberateness. And so I really want to challenge listeners and I know so many of you are doing this because I see your comments. We get emails from you. You participate in the focus group. So I know so many of you are doing this. But my challenge this week after you listen to this episode is go find somebody that you don't usually connect with at work and give it a try and see what happens just to test the hypothesis, right? Yes. Hypothesis, hypothesis. Sis one, sis. And the way that you're going to do that is showing interest, asking a question, being curious about their work, being curious about their home life, not blindsiding them with some, no, I'm just joking, but 
Also being appropriate with your expectations. Yeah, this is not, like we said in the very beginning, this is not your lifelong friend you're looking for. I mean, if that happens, great, but that's not what you're looking for. Just make, and I really challenge folks to reach out to someone they don't usually reach out to and just to see what happens. Yeah, I love that. And if somebody's an asshole, let me know because I'll go kick their ass for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liz, you just send us an email. <laughs> Worse yet, I'll sick my mom on them. And then oh they'll really, God, Margo I'm... will rain holy hell. <laughs> the... <laughs> red pen wielding editor. I want everyone to be kind to you. And I wish that for every listener that when you make this connection with somebody who's different than you usually do, I just really want them to be kind to you. Yeah, I do too. And I feel like that opens up two things. If you are going to do this, when you make a connection with someone, it benefits you and it benefits them. So you may be doing a service to yourself and to someone else. I also want to say just a shout out to folks who are in charge or in leadership. Yes, let's talk about what management can do because as always... There's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of opportunity there. And I think modeling that this kind of thing is okay is really important. I was in charge of that Zoom conversation that I referenced earlier, and I made it okay to share a little bit. And each person who shared, I asked a follow-up question. It wasn't like- You're really good at that, Karina. It wasn't. Oh, thank you. You are the master of the follow-up question. I'm looking for it. I'm listening intently so that I can ask you a follow-up question so that I can signal that I am genuinely interested because I am genuinely interested. And also it makes my job so much easier if I'm facilitating a meeting or a conversation. So modeling that these kinds of things are okay. You know, you're not standing around the water cooler necessarily right now. You're not stopping by someone's office, perhaps. Even at work, when you are together, like we said, there's no break room, but modeling that is okay. And when you are in a place where you can have an impact on how people relate to one another, making a conscious effort to do that. What other things do you think that managers could do? Well, I really do think one of the things that managers sometimes don't do, and this is a big ask during COVID, but really helping people mediate their conflicts. Yes. Like when you see that things are happening on the team or between teams, really getting a jump on that. Because the example that I gave earlier with the new manager, there were so many negative interactions that happened around that experience, that getting in really quickly and recognizing, okay, team A, team B are not communicating. We have to figure out how to solve this. We need to have some... I mean, really, you have to get into the conflict and mediate it. Yeah. And you have to recognize it first, potentially even recognize that something's brewing and nip it in the bud. But if it's already, if you already have conflict, like you said, managing that, that is the opposite of relationships. Right. That's not the positive. Right. You have to, you really do have to manage the negative interactions. I think that's really important. And a lot of people just don't like conflict, even small conflict, right? They just stay away from it. And what I find is if you do not deal with the woman who is a jerk, to, it's so interesting. I'm thinking of someone I worked with. It's right in my head. But she was very negative to people that she worked with all the time. I mean, she was just a grumpy and it was it was awful. Nobody ever, ever, ever talked to her about it. Like her, I know, because I know her manager, her manager never spoke with her about how she treated people in the workplace. And I was always like, why does anybody, who puts up with this? But what I realized at the end of the day is when she got in, like when she was really busy at work or she was in a crunch or had a problem, 
Nobody wanted to help yeah, her. Screw her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So managing conflict and managing behavior, which is a hard thing to do. It's a really hard thing to do. In fact, most people who manage people say that is the greatest joy and the greatest hardship of their job is the per- people and the personalities that they manage. But yeah, making sure that you have conditions that allow for these kinds of relationships to blossom. I think you said the other thing that was really important. You mentioned this before, but I'm going to call it back because I think it's really critical for the manager piece, which is modeling. You know, model what it is you want, model the interactions, model setting up the opportunities, model the positive, just model it. And that goes back to where I, mean, I think you and I both believe this. Everybody's a positional leader. Yeah, exactly. So it's really up to all of us. I would say the only thing, and this is my final, my final comment is the cautionary tale. If you don't, if you don't manage the conflicts, if you don't create the opportunities for relationships, if you let people struggle, and if they don't relate to one another, Not only are you going to have a shit show on your hands, like that manager that Kirsten referenced, they're also going to find one common thing, one thing they all have in common, and that's their dislike of you. (laughs) So if you need, don't need. Hey, I just wanted to say, this is not possible that any of our listeners could be in this situation. None. No. Because they're wonderful. (laughs) But yeah, we think you might have bosses who are like that. Yeah, exactly. So that's my cautionary tale. So, okay, so you put a challenge out to listeners, which is to reach out and try to relate to someone else in your workplace. A positive connection. Create a positive exchange of energy with a coworker this week. Let us know how it goes. Drop us an email at yougettowork at gmail.com or send us a message on social. Let us know. I need to call my mom for you. (laughs) Really curious how this works out for folks and if you feel a shift in how your your experience at work. Yeah, how you feel at work. Whether you're getting yourself some more meaning, joy, and ease, ladies. There's your accent. See? Mm-hmm. It's like we talked about. I don't the know last why episode. this happens. I'm I, sorry. I don't know why either. I'm gonna have to It's the whispering and the accent. Whatever. You also have an NPR voice. No. That you every once in a while pull out. <laughs> yeah, people will be listening for that. All right. As always, it's such a pleasure. So Kirsten. great to be here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much. Get for... out there and make some positive connection to you fabulous listeners. Yeah, thanks for working. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.